Rancho Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Pea Quail Realty in Rio Rancho on Southern Boulevard and by TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market on Deborah Road. It is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek. And hey, I apologize. We had to play a rerun last week. So Yes, you and I were both uh, tied up with other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were working on antenna issues, and yes. I was working on... Not al- for this station. Yeah, yeah allergy issues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so neither one of us could be here. My allergies from all those spring winds got the best of me, and as much as I fought it off, and I'll tell you what, those spring winds, those windstorms were pretty... Oh, man. ...insane. I was at City Hall when one of them came through, and they did... Did you get the notice on your phone, the snow squall? Well, how weird is that? I've never seen that before. Because as it was going through, they had to shelter in place for all the schools. Yes. Because they didn't want the buses out in, in these, the wind, in these yeah. winds, right? And I was at City Hall when this thing blew through, and it's just this wall of white. I got a picture of it that this is going through the city, and it was uh, pretty amazing. But it was that windstorm and the other one and then a subsequent one that, uh, man, all that just got me. <laughs> it got me. You can still hear it in my voice. <laughs> I, I'm still a little little stuffy from all of this. So I'm on the mend now, but I'm trying to get it all cleaned up. But it's uh, it, allergies are miserable. Yes, we don't get that very often here in Rio Rancho in the Albuquerque I know Metro. we don't get it very often, but we had it the one day, and then on Sunday there was it – was, Another snow squall again. It yes. was, they did, I think it was Sunday. They, there was another one. Yes. It came over the phone. I got an emergency notice again. So that was two snow squalls in a week. I've been in New Mexico over 30 years and I've never gotten a notice of a snow squall. I know. <laughs> and definitely you not. expect that in you know, Wyoming. Yeah, but, not, and definitely not real ranching, no. right? <laughs> anyway, but we've been playing cat and mouse with the weather here and, uh, the city has been on high alert. Once again, our city crews are ready to go in the event that it snows. And if we need to get out and plow the roads or we need to make provision, because there was a couple of times where we were watching it real close to so that, that storm that came over last week, moved across the nation. You know, the, mm-hmm. there's big news about that. Well, it actually went over pretty rapidly over us. And that was supposed to dump on us, I want to say Wednesday night or something like that. But it went over, and we, we got didn't a little, really get much snow, wind, no. and, and that, but not much moisture. Well, I will tell you, uh, where we're getting the snow is where it matters. I talked to a friend of mine who's the mayor of Red River, Linda oh, yeah. Calhoun. Mayor Calhoun, she's awesome. I called her the other day, and she says, it's snowing here now. We got six inches last night, and it's wow. snowing here again. And I got to tell you, I love Red River after a beautiful snow. It's just a gorgeous little community up there in northern New Mexico. If you've never been, you got to just drive through there, but... Great skiing, and, and it's it's really cool. But I called her, and, and we were talking about the snow. And so getting good snow on the mountains, which means we're going to have a good snowpack, right. which is going to give us good moisture. It'll melt in the summer and, and in the spring. And, and it's going to feed into the river, and it's going to feed into the water table, and it's going to feed into the aquifer. And that's all good news when we get a good snowpack up on the mountains. Did you so. see one of the TV stations actually showed the drought situation in New Mexico and a good part of New Mexico now is out of the drought. Right, right. That's good to see. And but you're, you know, in New Mexico though, you're always just two months away from yes. being right back <laughs> in it. <laughs> so, you know, you've got to be real careful. And obviously, I want to encourage people always, uh, whether we're in a drought or not, we're in New Mexico, and we should always be conserving water as best we can. Right, making sure that we're making the most of it. And and we know 
here in Rio Rancho, we've done a lot of things. We've we've done a couple of shows here on on water, and uh, we've done many many things to try to preserve the water here in Rio Rancho. But it's always good news when we get good moisture up on the mountains because uh, I think the headwaters of the Rio Grande come out of Alamosa, Colorado. So that's where when you get into that whole watershed up there, it all comes down out of Colorado mm-hmm. and heads down the Rio Grande and makes its way down to Texas. We could do two or three, four or five shows on water, yeah. <laughs> on water and water history and what we're doing, what it takes to get water rights. It's a lot, but it's something that I've really studied a lot and tried to figure out and worked with different people on various different uh, water issues here in Rio Rancho. But yeah, that being said, I've never seen snow squalls before. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I knew what one was, but man. That sure moved through the city really rapidly and we thought, okay, well, what's going to happen here? But we survived it. You know, there was some buildings where it took the panels off of buildings and it raised roofs and did a little bit of building damage. And we didn't see it here, but uh, I noticed there was a lot of power outages in Albuquerque from the wind. Right. Yeah. I think some of those affected a little bit of Rio Rancho, but not on a wide scale. So we we came away reasonably unscathed (laughs) from the squalls, right? We made it through, and and those were interesting things. But uh, once again, all that dust, it was, I think there was more sand in the air than there was snow. Yes. So. And that really got my allergies going. So last week we had to take a hiatus from uh, the show because I was not in a good place on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, me either. So not because of allergies, but because of technical problems out in Grants. But we got it all fixed and everything's right again. So what do we have to look forward to here in Rio Rancho? Well, I want to remind everybody, we got a a few events that we want to talk about. We definitely want to talk about the things that are happening in Rio Rancho. I want to remind everybody, March 12th, 12 noon to 4 p.m., Put it on your calendar to come out and join us for the St. Baldrick's Foundation fundraiser, which raises money and awareness for kids dealing with childhood cancers. And this is a really cool event where you get people to basically you raise money. And if you raise enough money, you go there and you give them the money and they shave your head. (laughs) And now our manager of the Rio Rancho Event Center Matt, he not only gets his head shaved, but he also gets the eyebrows shaved. Wow. He, he gives them up. He gives That's it hardcore. up. Yeah, he, he gives it up. It's awesome. And so we've got St. Baldrick's out there, and we've seen a lot of people that go out there and do that, and it's it's fantastic. It's fun, and we appreciate everybody doing that, but that's the St. Baldrick's Foundation. So we're going to have fire trucks in there. There's going to be vendors in there. There's going to be jump houses. It's it's not just come there and watch people get their heads shaved, right? There's a lot of other stuff that's happening there, too. So it's a really fun event. And if the fire department sets up the repelling equipment, I may actually do where they lower me down from the, the dangle. Yeah, the dangle from the from the catwalk up mm-hmm. in, in the top of the event center. So we may do that again if they're setting up the equipment. If they don't, then I won't. Yeah, well, of course. So the question is, do people donate money to bring you down or do they donate money to keep you up? It's a little of both. Oh. I have to raise the money to get down, but then the last time I did it, my wife was bidding to keep me up there. <laughs> so, yeah, Carrie's like, I'll take, you know, I'll give you $50 to leave him up there for another five minutes. And actually, once you get comfortable in the harness and you're just kind of dangling there and you know those guys up there have you, it actually is kind of fun just kind of hanging out. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> now, don't they bring the, the big fire engines in, too, for the kids yep. to, to mm-hmm. look at? And yeah, I got the fire trucks in there. got the engines, the ladder trucks. Sometimes they hoist the ladders. 
and let kids go up and down with supervision and with one of the firefighters. Mm-hmm. They'll let the kids go up and down the ladder. So it's just kind of fun. But they do it very safely. Yeah. But they, you know, it's, it gives a kids that experience of checking out a fire truck ladder, which maybe, is pretty cool. Maybe we'll create some future firefighters yes. by doing that. Well, that's always exciting. Yeah. I don't know if you could get me up one of those ladders because those things go way up there. I mean, four stories. I think it's great uh, for the kids to have a chance to see this equipment up close because, yep. you know, I remember liking those kind of fire trucks Love when it. I was a kid. Of course, you know me. I want to see the new command center. Well, there you go. And we're going to talk about the new command center. And that's pretty cool because I know you saw that on my Facebook page. But just wrapping up St. Baldrick's before we go on to the command center, we've got yes. St. Baldrick's Foundation, March 12th. It's coming up Sunday. It's from noon to four. We'd love you to come out, support St. Baldrick's. Obviously, they're raising money and awareness for uh, childhood cancers, and there'll be lots of people out there supporting this organization. And if we can get just a record number of people out there to come check it out and make a donation or just hang out and be there for free. There's a lot of things going on. It's a lot of fun, a lot of opportunities to get involved as well. So St. Baldrick's is kicking off once again, March 12th, Rio Rancho Event Center, 12 noon. Come out and join us. Okay. So now, Mobile Command Center. This is a pretty cool thing. Now, the City of Rio Rancho has never had a piece of equipment like this before. So I guess the opportunity would be to ask, well, what do we need it for? In a day and age when situations get very fluid very quickly, you need to set up a command center. It's got all the communications. It's got all the hookups that you need for computers. It's got TV screens in there to take this command center into a situation where there might be an emergency. There might be just an event that you want to have good oversight over, right? And we used to have this old, old RV out back, and I jokingly called that one Heisenberg. Yeah. so uh, <laughs> I was and, thinking the same. It was, it's just an old beat-up RV. A bounder. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was terrible. And it really wasn't a command center. I mean, it was a place that they could bring to... DWA checkpoints and they could bring it to various different things where the police and firefighters could go in there and kind of organize certain things, but it didn't have all the TV screens. It didn't have all the communication centers. It didn't have the ability to really coordinate all of the radio communications that are coming in from the various different agencies. One of the situations where we could have seen this used for was when we had the weapon discharged at Cleveland High School a few Mm -hmm. years back. They would have rolled this in. They would have immediately connected with all of the help responding agencies and created a coordinated response effort to kind of bring all that together. Now, mind you, all the agencies did a great job, but they did it out of the trunk of a car, hmm. basically. For lack of a better word, they had all the SUVs there, and there was a lot of equipment there to respond to this. But putting it into real-time perspective, when we got all the fake calls about the school shootings just a couple of weeks ago, we dispatched this up to Bernalillo right away. We got all this rolling. We got everything up there. And we're on scene really quick, setting up communication, setting up a command center where we could coordinate all the resources that were coming in, whether it was police, fire, ambulance, dispatch. And you have multiple agencies that get involved in something like that. Because when when we get a call like we did, the first call we heard about was the one up in town of Bernalillo. Now, we learned later that I think one happened at Volcano Vista in Albuquerque at the same time. 
But we heard about the Bernalillo one, I think, even before we heard about the Rio Rancho one. So we're pushing up into Bernalillo. And that's why on the last show that I talked about this, I said, shame on the person that did this. This is a huge cost and an expense just to deploy out to something like that. But you can't assume that it's a prank. You can never assume that it's a prank. No way to know. You always have to assume that it's the real deal and you got to go. And so this command center is something that the police department has needed for a long, long time. It's mobile. It's really cool. It's got the pop outs and it's got rooms in there where the doors can be closed so that they you know, eliminate the noise. And you've got everything you can think of that you would need when you roll into a situation. Now, you may have seen this also if you recently went to one of the concerts out at the Rio Rancho Event Center. When we have a big concert that we feel needs a little extra police oversight, if you will, to make sure things don't get out of control. They're taking this command center out there to coordinate police efforts around some of these major concerts. So it would have been handy when the president came to the event center. You probably would have sent that out. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And if a next president comes, you will have it to send out. Yeah. And the thing is on that is that there were multiple mobile command centers when the president did come to town. That's probably federal stuff. We had the state police and we had a bunch of others that brought all that equipment in for us. We didn't have it, but they brought all that in. Right. So that was there. You're yeah. expected as the city of Rio Rancho, though, to provide some security. And, and so now you will be able to coordinate that better right? for whoever might be president Absolutely. or running for president in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Our job, once again, when I talk about that particular circumstance is when it's the president, he has the Secret Service doing their things around the president. Our job is to protect the city and the citizens. So... It's really kind of a twofold operation when you look at it is you've got this going on, but you want to make sure that everything else is protected. And that's our job. That's what we do on a day to day basis is that whether it's just patrolling the streets, looking for stuff or when an event happens, whether it's a big concert at the event center, we deploy police services to make sure that everything stays safe in the city. And so there's various different reasons you put these situations out there. You get these situations where you have to deploy these resources, not only to make sure that the event goes off really well, but that the rest of the citizenry is protected, right? And that's critical and key. How did you get this command center? So this command center was purchased with the 2020 GEO bond. Now, we started the public safety bond, as you remember, Derek. We got that started. The voters approved the public safety bond in 2018. And in that first cycle... We were able to get a new ladder truck for the fire department, a few other things there, some other pieces of equipment for the fire department. And we were able to get, I want to say, somewhere between 40 and 60 new police cars and and some different things like that. That was in the first one. And then in 2020, we asked the voters to renew that public safety bond. And once again, we got the fire department some equipment out of that. And in the police department, this was the big piece of equipment that they were really looking for that they needed to get to help kind of coordinate everything. So this came out of the 2020 GEO bond. So we voted for this. Yes, absolutely. The citizens voted for it, approved the GEO bond. The citizens of Rio Rancho are amazing when it comes to supporting public safety. This bond has always passed in the 70%. So it's not skimming by at 51%. It's in the 70s. And along with our road bond, when we talk about the roads, the voters have been very supportive of getting the roads fixed and they're seeing the work that we're getting done all over the city. And they've always supported that road bond in the high seventies as well. And that's great for the city of Rio Rancho because we're really improving the infrastructure while maintaining strong public safety. And so that mobile command center, very cool, very awesome. And I'm sure you will have the opportunity to see it 
when they roll it into some of the various different community outreach events that they do, like coffee with a cop and mm-hmm. cone with a cop, where they take it to an ice cream store, right? right. Maybe they'll bring it to Sunday is Fun Day. We will try to get them out there for Sunday yeah. is Fun Day. If we get it out there for Sunday is Fun Day, that'll be a great opportunity to see that. But I'm sure we'll be able to see it before then because Sunday is yeah. Fun Day is in August. I know. You're going to want to see it before then. And so if we do have it out on some of these different events where they're letting the public go through there and, and see what's in there, it's very cool. Oh, yeah. It's very cool. No, I'd like to see it. And so, uh, I was going to tell you, too, I mentioned driving down Riverside. Now they've got the little islands finished. Yeah. One side still dirt. Yeah. But they've got the concrete uh, curbs around what are going to be the, the center islands. Yes. So they're moving those projects along very nicely. Yeah. And I know, once again, when we talk to people about road construction, it's always going to be inconvenient. But the thing is, is that we need to do it. But when you drive on the newly paved side oh yeah it's so much quieter it is, it is. i remember i told you i looked at a house that backed up to that one of the reasons i didn't buy it is it was so noisy you hear the thump the thump the, you know? right and so it's kind of cool now it's just so smooth and quiet when yeah. you go down there it's one way but it's quiet same thing with the uh, 19th and there was a bunch of roads that we mentioned that were getting the mill and inlay process like grande court that one was done and it's been finished may circle that's done that's finished 37th and 18th Avenue, those are both done. Wow, you, they are moving along. We're moving they? along. And right there, I had four more roads to the number of roads that we've gotten and done in the last seven years, right? These are getting done now. We're really moving along here. See, now I've been avoiding 19th, but it's not done yet, is no, it? No, 19th is not done. I didn't jump to that one yet, but 19th, if you drive down the one side, it's nice and smooth. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice and smooth. Yeah. McKinsey Drive up in Enchanted Hills. This is right in the area where I used to live. So I had to turn down McKinsey to get to Lori. And oh. So I lived off of McKinsey. So McKinsey is done as well. So that one's wrapped up. And then St. Andrews. That's oh, one of the older streets yes, that runs through the whole city. And that one from Country Club all the way over to pretty much 528 is where that one runs through. That one's gotten redone. And I think that one's pretty close to being wrapped up. If it's not wrapped up right now, it'll be wrapped up by the end of this month. We're moving along and we're getting stuff done. There's a whole other list of projects that we're going to get done as we kind of move forward. So by the end of this year, we should be able to say that for roads repaired since 2016 started when we got the road bond started. So seven years and seven years, we replaced over 40 major roads throughout the city of Rio Rancho, major and minor roads where they've actually been repaved. Not just crack patch. Right. Because we've done miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of crack patch and that's, as well. That's kind of like what they did on 528, right? They fill in the cracks and they'll go and lay a, a layer over it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was they, the state, though. Not that the state. was the state, right. And what we do in the crack patch, and we've described this process, we cut out about 18 inches where the crack is in the road. We mark it off, cut out about 18 and inches. That, so that's a little different than what they did on 528 because it didn't have the 528 has cracks in it, but not those big wide ones. Right. So like what they see. did was they did crack seal. Okay. That's where they go in with tar and they yes. seal the cracks. Okay. They seal them so water can't get down in there. And then when it freezes, it expands and then pops out a nice pothole. So that was 528. But what we've been doing in the cities, we do crack seal as well. But that's on a road, once again, the crack has to be less than a certain width Mm -hmm. to qualify for crack seal. Once that crack opens up past a certain width, you can't do crack seal anymore because all you're doing is dumping tar down this little trench and it doesn't work. And some of these are like driving on a railroad track. Well, like 19th, they were a couple inches apart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And look, it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're in Northern Meadows, whether you're in Loma, Colorado, you're in Rivers Edge 1, 2, and 3, 
I get calls all the time saying, hey, we've got these cracks in our street and they're this wide and I can put my foot down in them. And we know they're there. We know we know they're there. There's a lot of streets around the old golf course area, all those older neighborhoods that need a lot of work. And then, of course, Rio Rancho Estates, the original Unit 10, which is right behind Haynes Park. Those need to be done. The thing is, is that not every one of these roads qualifies for either crack patch nor do they qualify for what we call the mill and inlay process, which is what we did to May Circle. That was just a mill and inlay. So it wasn't a complete reconstruction of the road. It's a different process. So what we did the 37th, 18th McKinsey and St. Andrews. Those are all mill and inlays. So those qualified based on what was underneath the road. Some of the roads don't have base course underneath them. And then some of the roads have to be peeled up completely because the underlying infrastructure, the water pipes have to be replaced. We cannot put a brand new road down over old water pipes and then you see us go back within a year and we're digging up the road to fix the water pipe so we've been pairing these things up as we go along to where if we have the money for the road we also have to have the money for the underlying infrastructure that's just the way we have to do it and you know i'm very happy to say that in 2016 when we got the road bond started Derek, the first two roads we did was high resort and sarah and High Resort had a massive water line underneath it. So when we had the road up, we replaced the water line under High Resort. And High Resort was costing the city a lot of money because of the water main breaks that kept happening underneath there. So when we got that fixed, we've yet to have another water main break on High Resort, which is great because we put in new quality water pipes underneath there. When you go in and completely replace, like you did with Sarah and High Resort and you're doing on Riverside, and will today's technology last longer or in 30 years are they going to crack too? theoretically they should but once again when you, you think you about don't it know. Yeah. You, you you can never predict that when they well, put that pipe in the ground remember the earth shifts yeah well, not just the pipe but the road i'm thinking i know the earth shifts but i know technologies have improved look at yes. the difference between cars now and 30 years ago and so yeah. i'm guessing that the design is improved so many different technologies yes different designs that work better today than what they did 30 years ago so on and so forth but then again some of the pipes that we put in 30 years ago wouldn't even meet current standards today right so we've upgraded the standard of what has to go in there to do this and um, no poly? No poly. No, no not, poly. not using that anymore? No. <laughs> All of the roads that we've replaced, if you look at every one where we've put new infrastructure underneath the roads, we've yet to, and I'm going to say knock on wood here, okay? <laughs> we've yet to have a water main break under one of the new roads where we had to go dig a new road up to fix the pipe. Why? Because we replaced the pipe while the road was up. And so we've done that, and you and I have talked about this, and we've done that through very smart money management and where all of that underlying infrastructure has been paid for cash. So there's no corresponding debt. And so we're trying to make sure that we're doing these things very methodically, very systematically to make sure that we're getting the best value for the taxpayer dollars as it goes forward. So I'm very proud of the work that's been done because it's efficient. It's been cost effective. And I believe that it's going to last for years and years and years. So, oh, good. so there's that. So we yeah. got all those roads going on. Well, I just want to make Riverside's sure. Riverside's almost done. I mean, it's getting close, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One side is completely done. Like I said, they finished the concrete curbs around the islands. They just have to do the paving on the other side of the street uh-huh. and then fill in the islands. What are they going to put in the island? I mean, obviously, you don't want to put any big bushes so that no. if you're making a left turn, you can't see who's coming. No, it'll probably either be gravel or they'll fill it in with concrete. Yeah. They'll just be concrete medians. Yeah. Those are proven to be traffic, what we call traffic calming. It slows mm-hmm. people down because 
the road doesn't feel as wide and like a raceway, so <laughs> it tightens things up a little bit. Well, the other problem we used to have on there was uh, it was so wide that if somebody wasn't going fast enough for the person behind them, they'd actually go around them, sometimes on the right. Right. And that's not safe. It's never safe. So when the facility's done, it should be nice and smooth and it should be beautiful. And we'll go over there and celebrate that one finally getting done. And I'm real happy to get that one done primarily because that road services a lot of people in River's Edge. And also we have the fire department in the park there. Right. So with those public facilities right there at hand, you want to make sure that the infrastructure is good, supports those facilities as well. So always good to have those roads get fixed. And then, as you know, we've also talked about there's a whole slew of other roads that are coming, like Pine Tree. Pine Tree's about to be done. We're probably going to award the contract for Pine Tree coming up here. And that's the road that runs between Southern Boulevard and St. Andrews. Yeah. St. Andrews. So right by see, the post office. Right yeah. by the post office. So you see we're connecting all these roads. Yeah, that'll yeah. be nice. I drove down that one the other day. It It is really bad. It's yeah. bad. And there's a water main under that that has to be replaced. So we're targeting that. But not every road qualifies for these processes. So I've talked to a few people that have some residential roads around the city. And this is not unique to any one area. But there are areas where the roads were allowed to be put down without base course underneath. So if you did put the crack patch in there, it would just peel right back out. There's nothing to bond it to, right? Hmm. And then you can't do the mill and inlay because, once again, there's no base course underneath there. So in some neighborhoods where we can do a mill and inlay, that might be a couple hundred thousand dollars. But where we have to do it, go in and redo a complete reconstruction, you can actually be millions yeah, I wonder how much it costs just to pull up the old asphalt before you even start laying the new one. Well, now. you use a zipper for that. That's probably the easiest process. There's a big machine that they use a zipper for. And believe it or not, when we pull that asphalt off, we keep it. We don't Rind throw it, it away. We rejuvenate it, re-oil it. We might use it to repave another road. We might put it back down on the same road that we pulled it off of. And in some cases, we'll take that out and use it as what we call millings on a dirt road to control dust oh. on a dirt road. And it'll kind of compact their dirt road yeah, down. I've, I've seen that done. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So there's there's different uses for that, but we certainly find a place for it. Millings are valuable. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. I guess when some of these houses were built before Rio Rancho was a city, there were basically no rules on how to do it. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't yeah. here for that. And to, I have to tell people that all the time. I said, look, I don't know who made this decision, how it got made, or when it got made. May have been up to the construction company it, that built the house. It could have. It could have very well been because you just don't know how all that transpired. I wasn't a part of that decision making process, but I do know that I'm the part of the decision making process that takes us forward. And taking us forward means that we have to do it right. And could we just go peel up a road and throw down some asphalt and redo it the same way? Be really cheap. Sure, we're just kicking the can down yeah. the road. We've got to get it done. And we've got to do it right. Otherwise, we are wasting taxpayer dollars. And if you know me, Derek, I take that fiduciary responsibility very seriously and certainly don't want to um, throw good money after bad is what I call it. So if we're going to go and redo a residential road, we want the pipes done. We want all this stuff done. And so we'll keep plugging along. And, you know, it's like I said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Exactly. So, Yeah. But that's what's going on kind of in the road repair area, and we're going to keep moving along. I just remind everybody, it wasn't too, too frustrating, but it, from time to time it was frustrating. But you remember because you drove through it for two years. You drove through the 528 construction mm -hmm. zone, right? How nice is it now? Yeah. 
actually now they it's it, the tops wearing off. They're going to have to go back and fix the you know up by um, right uh, in front of Dion's. Yeah, yeah. As you get in, so that was the old section they did about seven years ago. So yeah, yeah. that's getting ready to be need to resurface there. But the new section that yeah. they did from Ridgecrest down to Northern, Northern the industrial how, park area. Yeah, oh, how yeah. nice is that? Yeah. Have you driven down into the industrial park? I haven't done that part yet, no. Because now we got frontage road there, yeah. and then we did industrial park loop. A lot of that's been redone down in there. And, and the looks, lights. Yeah. The one thing I haven't figured out is they haven't turned the street lights back on when you go past Northern, past the new pavement. Yes. It's dark until you get up to Corrales Road at yes. night. <laughs> I think DOT's working on those yeah. lights to get those back on. But like I said, there's a little bit of inconvenience for a little while, but once it's done, it's glorious. Well, and it's not just a repavement there. It's widened. Oh, that that was a reconstruction of epic proportions. Yes. When when I hear people say, oh, I don't know what it took so long. They had to reconstruct the bridge that went over the Los Montoyas. That's a big bridge. They had to reroute all those utilities. They had to do all the, the drainage work around that facility. There was a huge amount of engineering that went into that. And as I said, there is no road ferry that comes out and snaps the fingers and makes the new roads drop out in the middle of the night. These take a lot of construction, a lot of effort, and there's a lot of safety protocols that go into play when you're dealing with this stuff. When you look at the extensive concrete work from the embankment that runs along 528 there up against the sound wall Mm -hmm. as you come down, just look at the various different components. I mean, there's so much to that. If you just kind of ponder it as you're going by, you're going, oh, well, there's that and there's the bridge and there's the retaining walls and there's the concrete work and there's the curb and the gutter and there's the, the underground drainage pipes and everything that they needed to put in there to make sure that. If they need to to get to a water line, you know, if they need to get to here, get to there, then there was the rerouting and the frontage road to pull it back and kind of square it up Mm -hmm. so that it was more safe to make the left off of the frontage road onto 528 right there where Sunt is. Mm -hmm. Same thing down at Don Julio. And so as they push you off down onto Don Julio, and then you can go onto 528 or head up to Northern, it's a lot safer now. Kind of keeps you from getting a bottleneck. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So the reconstruction, the redesign, the medians, and I look, when, when they were doing it, I thought, wow, this looks really wide. I mean, is this really going to be this wide? And once the curb and gutter and everything was put in and they striped it, I was like, oh, okay, well, now it makes sense. Yeah, now you can see it. <laughs> but isn't it nice that the uh, state of New Mexico pays for that through your city? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to do it. It is a great thing the there. State so. road. Yeah. State road right there. Exactly. So we'll keep everybody posted on the road situation. Hey, I do want to give a quick shout out. I want to remind everybody about the New Mexico Runners. They're going to be playing the Kansas Bandits coming up here on March 18th. That's a Saturday. And that the game kicks off at 5.05 at the Rio Rancho Event Center. And we want to make sure that you're going out and supporting the New Mexico Runners. They're doing a great job. And I'll tell you what, the last game that they had that I went to, action-packed, so much fun. It ended in overtime. The runners lost it by one, but if you've never been out to see arena soccer, you're in for a treat. If Just go out. And it's a really inexpensive way to take the family out for a great family night and go over there and you can get a hot dog and cheer on the, the New Mexico runners. They'd love to have you out there. But We've been trying to get more and more information about them. So the New Mexico Runners, they're playing Saturday, March 18th. So go out and... A couple weeks away. A couple weeks away. It's just a lot of fun. And so I I encourage you to please go out and support the Runners. Saturday, March 18th, 5.05 p.m. is the kickoff. Doors open at 3 so that you can get in there, find your seat, get settled in, and have an amazing time. Well, Derek, 
I don't have a huge list of things today. That's uh, all right. We you know? uh, we had a lot to talk about anyway. We always find something to talk we do. about. We do. It's yeah. always very interesting. And, you know, speaking of Sunday's Fun Day, we're going to have some more information about that. But if you do want to become a sponsor or have a booth at Sunday's Fun Day, now's a great time to get in on that. Make sure you contact the Rio Rancho Kiwanis. That's an event put on by the Kiwanis Foundation here in the city of Rio Rancho. And they take care of everything. So if you want to get involved, go to the uh, Rio Rancho Sunday is Fun Day a Facebook page. And there's links on there where you can sign up to get your booth space now because they are going fast. Yeah, it's become very popular to have, what, somewhere around 7,000 people walk by your booth in four hours? Yeah. How much is that worth? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's what, $150? $150, I think? I think, is the booth price. But once again, don't quote me there. Check with the Kiwanis because Dave Heil really organizes mm-hmm. all that stuff. And they'll have all the pricing information. So if you do want to get involved, that's coming up in August. And hey, and another thing that we'll be doing again, and people can certainly come and uh, check it out. We're restarting mayors on strike for ARCA. Oh, the bowling, yeah. The bowling, the yeah. bowling event. We're kicking that off again. And that's coming up on June 3rd. We're going to have that bowling event at 10 pins and more and come out and support ARCA. Just an amazing organization. ARCA does just wonderful, wonderful things for individuals with uh, intellectual disabilities and other challenges. And we just want to make sure that we're being as supportive as we can to help them reach their goals. So mayors from around the state will be coming to Rio Rancho to bowl. There's always the first strike trophy. So the first mayor to bowl the first strike gets the first strike trophy. So you get to hang on to that trophy for one year and then you have to bring it back. And whoever gets the next first strike and all the mayors that have gotten the first strikes, their signatures are on that. It's a bowling pin. Sure. Okay. And we, we sign the bowling pin. Now I currently am the holder of the first strike trophy. Oh, so, so see if you can keep it. I'm going to see if I can keep it. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's awesome. And then when you have to give the first strike trophy back, we actually give you a small bowling pin that says first strike trophy and it's got the year on it. Oh, and you get to keep that one. Yeah. And the bowling pins are hand painted by one of the folks at ARCA. Oh. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's really cool. Very clever. So we look forward to another great event. We'll be bringing you more information as that comes closer and closer. And that's coming up in June on June 3rd. So uh, really cool stuff on the horizon. We've got a lot of things happening. Also, as the legislature winds down here in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about the legislative updates on the things that affected the city of Rio Rancho. Did we get capital outlay money for this? the projects that we were looking for? Were we able to accomplish the things that we were hoping that were going to get accomplished up at the legislature? We'll give an update on that right here on the show. Yeah, I'd like to know which things uh, of of what passed, what was good for the city and the public, and what wasn't. Right. So I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. And there are some bills up there that could really, really have a very major impact on the city, and we're watching those bills very closely. And when I say major impact on the city, I'm I'm always focused on the financial aspects of how these various different pieces of legislation are going to affect the finances of the city, because... We have a city to run, and we have police to pay, and we have firefighters to pay, and we have more roads to pave. So yes, you do. Money is always the issue. They're waiting for <laughs> you to pave my street. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're paving the street that leads to your street. That's true. There you go. You're helping. All right. We're getting there. All right. Well, Derek, uh, appreciate it once again for everybody tuning in to listen to the show. If you missed any part of the show, you can always catch it on the Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho podcast on Spotify. It's a free listen. Go out, check it out. Please share it on your Facebook page or on your social media platform, whichever one you have. 
and let people know what we're talking about every Sunday right here at 8 a.m. Sunday morning on KDSK Radio right here in Rio Rancho. And so with that, Derek, I'm going to wish everybody a very happy Sunday. Go out, make it a great day, and God bless.